Hello and welcome into the 36th episode of the Promo Guy podcast. We are back after a one-week hiatus. Today is Thursday, January 4th, but you'll be listening to this Friday, January 5th at the earliest. We are brought to you now by Better Odds, a new odds shopping platform that is going to be released very soon. We talked about it on the most recent podcast with Corby, who will be joining us uh, hopefully weekly to sort of give updates on new projects and how things are going. But uh, before anything, I'm going to introduce my good friend, uh, Nick from Blue Duck Media. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm good. What's going on, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, I What's going on? I'm happy. I got through COVID. I'm feeling good. I am excited to be back on the podcast. It was kind of a fun two weeks of betting, a fun two weeks of sports. So I'm excited to get into it. How are you doing? I'm good. New year, new Knicks. Um, we new are Knicks. two. And, yeah, not new Nick, new Knicks. Uh, we are two and zero with OG Ananubi in the lineup. I believe he's been over like plus twenty, plus minus each game. Um, granted, one was against the Wolves, but the I mean the Bulls, but the other was against the uh, league leading Wolves. So, uh, so have you, I think, have you changed your tune on the trade? I know, I know. We were you were negative when we texted about it. It's it's one of those where I'm happy with the outcome, but think that we paid more than we needed to. Fair enough. Fair enough. I would have rather given up a first round pick instead of quick. Um, we've got a decent amount to get rid of that we can get rid of. I think getting rid of RJ homegrown wasn't happy to see him go, but definitely was not happy to see quickly go. Yeah, that's that's fair, especially for a team that feels like it needs kind of a another scoring punch um, that OG doesn't really bring you. Uh, having quickly, who had a heck of a second game last night, I saw he had like twenty eight points or something. Yeah, I've been I've been liking betting his two games. Um, I've been taking the Raptors team total over, and it's two and zero. It felt like they were a team that had a bunch of good pieces, but just didn't have any offense creators. And RJ has a bunch of deficiencies, but he definitely attacks the basket often and pushes in transition and quickly is absolute instant offense. So, all right, well, let's get into it. Yeah. uh, Without, (laughs) without any more Knicks talk, let's, uh, let's jump into the state of the stack. Yeah. How, how'd we do this week? These last two weeks, we've done a pretty good job. Uh, we were up, let's see, about $250 the last two weeks. So, you know, really strong Twitter. I think that the highlights, which we'll get into later, were the DraftKings and FanDuel parlay the other day. Um, we're really hoping on that larger DraftKings free bet to come through for us with Patriots first quarter plus a half being the last leg. But, you know, we're chugging along. Look, not a lot of these notepads have been negative. It's, it's been a really high percentage of positive. Um, kind of a low variant stretch for us that hopefully we can continue. The Discord has done very well as well. Uh, New Year's, like December 31st, was particularly good. On that day, we hit ESPN free bet plus 506. Both the Bet Rivers NBA and college basketball parlay insurances, which typically pay in the low 200s. The ESPN parlay insurance, which was over plus 400. The MGM 50% SGP. The MGM NFL, two of the three MGM NFL SGPs, one of those was a bigger odds hit, uh, I think plus 370 or something. 
Um, so really good New Year's and kind of a nice stretch there. So everything's great. Uh, it's been it's been a good couple of weeks. Just missed the podcast. Uh, love to hear it. Love to hear it. Um, I guess we could go right from there into the gambling landscape update and welcome in our friend Corby uh, to kind of give us some updates on better odds and uh, let us know what's going on. Corby, how are we doing? Yeah, per- perfect. So before before I let Corby speak, uh, just the background here is that we dropped a 99% off promo code for better odds in my Discord um, last week. So Corby's going to be here to give us sort of the feedback that he's gotten uh, as well as, you know, what we're working on on the back of that feedback or stuff we might be working on anyway. So Corby, welcome. Uh, talk to us, buddy. Yeah, uh, it's been an interesting week and a half, it seems. This uh, 99% off obviously got the got the people, got the, uh, the juices flowing. Unfortunately, it was the day before Christmas Eve, so... Uh, it's been a busy, busy week and a half for me, but all good. We we had basically uh, promo guys Discord. Four hundred and fifty people came. Been using the tool. A uh, ton of feedback, good, bad, in between, which was kind of assumed why we um, had this whole ninety nine percent off intro in the first place. We have uh, we talked about it on the last show, but we have three developers busting their tail to uh, try to get everything solved. So we've made a whole bunch of improvements uh, and, and looking pretty good. We, we, we had we had only one developer for the last however many months. We just hired two. Yes, correct. Uh, so so we're working at triple the speed now. Keep going. Yeah. A um, few things added. We're, there's some sports books that um, people I, I didn't know <laughs> actually use enough and then found out that this it was like the most exciting part of everything is everyone in the world traveling down to Florida for the holidays wanted hard rock on our feed. So we're bringing hard rock in. Um, we've been making latency just as fast as we can possibly make. I think just since Christmas, we've tripled uh, the, or I guess divided by three, the uh, latency speed for some of the features <laughs> we have. Um, and, and so continuing to make strides, a few big projects and the work, um, I don't know if you want to go ahead and talk about those, but uh, a few big things. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so the first one being, which I think a lot of degenerates who we all are will find value in, uh, is a parlay builder, which obviously can be used in a good way as well. But uh, basically, it's a drop-down menu. You can you can choose as many legs as you want. You can choose whatever offering you want that is available on the feed, um, and, and you can see what the true price of that parlay would be. And what the price at every single comparable book was. So if you wanted LeBron James points and I don't know uh, Pacific money line, you could see what those two combined pays at every single sports book. Um, this will help in a lot of a ton of ways. Uh, first, if you're just wanting to be a degenerate, you can see the best price um, and at least make a smart decision on probably your bad bet. Uh, but then in other ways, like if if FanDuel is offering LeBron and quickly to score 20 plus points a piece. You can add both of those as a parlay, which it is. Uh, and you can see what the true price for that is. So it can be used um, in, in a magnitude of ways. So that's an exciting one. Um, we have a, a few other pieces coming in. DFS is getting an update. So people that play prize picks, underdog parlay play, all of those good things are, are, are data for that is 
getting a significant boost here in the near future. Some just visual things as well, like cool screenshots. Like if you wanted to show your friends that you get the best anytime touchdown score and what all the other numbers are, um, we'll have a UI update so that you can take a cooler screenshot, which sounds goofy, but um, I think it is important at the end of the day to be able to show what you're doing and what you're enjoying. Um, and then we're adding a few other tools, um, a live betting ARB feed, which we're not going to go into detail because I have no clue the ETA on that. And the developers would absolutely kill me if we talk too much about it. But that is something I'm excited about um, and just shows kind of the depth of like, we're trying to build at scale and um, as nothing is off limits and, and we have the data to do it. So excited for the next month, two months, year. Um, a lot of cool people we're working with, a lot of cool projects in the work. So it's going to be uh, really fun. Yeah, I would say that that's great. Thank you, Corby. Uh, I would say that the the big thing that the biggest negative that I was getting was a lot of frustration with the with the DMs from the Discord, and I tried to sort of preface it in my message. That tool where you can get the DM, like it's super cool in that you know you don't even have to go looking yourself. But the reality is, if you set like a high EV threshold. So, you know, I'll only DM me if it's going to be, you know, 6% or higher. Like a lot of those move really quickly. And, you know, I'm only able, like you're only able to get one in every, uh, let's say four or something like that. So I would say the main tool is the website. And I, I, every, every, all the feedback I've gotten has been tremendously positive about the website. Um, so I would focus energy there or just understand that like, if you do the DMs as your primary way of using this, like it's just a lot of them aren't going to be there. Um, yeah. Unless you're like on the app glued to the, you know, it's got to be a perfect situation or it's just got to move slower than usual, which does happen sometimes. But again, I wouldn't use it in that, like as the primary way, like the website's the primary way. Completely agree. I, th I think the, the big caveat, like if you take this, um, you'll understand what we're building more is like the, the web feed itself is the baby. It's it's the centerpiece of all of this. And then we're building tools and spinoffs off of it. So the bot's great. It's amazing. Um, and then we're making it faster every single day, but it's always going to be a spinoff of the feed. The feed is always going to be the fastest thing. And then when, like, when we add Parlay Builder, the Parlay Builder is a spinoff of the feed. The, the feed is, is what grabs those numbers in the first place. So at the end of the day, the feed is the baby. It is the best. Um, and so if you're someone who can take advantage of that, it is it is seeing great success and people who are using it so far in this month, um, only hearing good stories so far. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Corby. We're going to keep it moving. I think we have got wheel of sports and grind my gears after, after the break. Um, thank you, Corby. Appreciate you coming on. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me. All right, guys, welcome back in. Uh, we're doing something we haven't done in a while here. Let's go with the Wheel of Sports. Uh, we spin the wheel, we see what it comes up with, and we have a fun conversation. We're in the middle of sports season. We've got NFL playoffs coming up. Week 18 is this weekend, and uh, we're in the heart of the NBA season, so we should have some fun stuff to talk about. Um, jumping in here, it looks like our options today are, did the Knicks win the trade for OG Ananubi? Who are the most impressive NBA rookies? How many NBA teams are truly within the contender bubble? And 
Now that the semis are over, did the committee get it right? Also, can't forget, there is the option, what is TPG's real name? Though we have not gotten it yet. Yeah, what are the odds, huh? <laughs> Let's give the, whiz, the wheel a spin. All right, we're talking college football. Semis are over. We've got a final of Michigan versus Washington. All other bowl games have been played. We've seen some crazy outcomes. Did the committee get it right? No, the committee The committee never had a chance to get it right, I should say. Because there was the most deserving argument, which went to FSU, as I've outlined. And then there was the best four teams argument, which would have gone Georgia's way. And especially when you ranked FSU above Georgia, like the amount of people that came out and said, oh, well, did you see? Florida State lost 63-3. to Clearly, the committee got it right. The committee had Florida State ranked above Georgia. <laughs> they lost by 60. And look, I, I think you have to throw a lot of that game out the window at, as like a backward-looking thing because Florida State, I think, had 14 starters out. It's something hilariously large. Um, so, and Georgia had, I think, maybe one player out. So, look, obviously it wasn't each at full strength. I think Florida State should be embarrassed that, I mean, I think a lot of the criticism of their culture and stuff rings true. Like, what is it about Georgia that all those guys didn't leave early uh, to the draft, to the portal, whatever, where Florida State did? Uh, same thing happened with Bama last year. I mean, Bryce Young played in a, a lesser bowl game against Kansas State. So, I do think there's a lot of questions of that, but did the committee get it right? No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't change the fact, just because they got blown out, it doesn't change the fact that they were one of the four most deserving teams, and that's how we've always done it. It's a, and, and on the flip side, a lot of, excuse me, a lot of Florida State people are trying to say, oh, Jalen Milrow was terrible. He only threw for 116 yards, and our defense was playoff worthy. It's quite possible we would have had a very similar-looking game against Michigan. You know, with a full-strength team and a quarterback that throws for 116 yards, blah, 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 blah. I also think that that argument is kind of silly. Like, I get, I get it. it. They never should, it never should have been taken into account that their quarterback was hurt. And to put Alabama in because of a perceived better quarterback who then had an off day kind of, you know, illuminates the fact that you don't need a quarterback to be competitive. But... You can't, you can't look at the results on the field after the fact and say, oh, clearly Florida State should have been in when they lost by 60. So the committee didn't get it right. They never had a chance to get it right. Florida State should have been in. And if you're not going to have Florida State in, you're going to actually change everything you've done and make it to the best four teams, then Georgia should have been ranked above Florida State at a minimum. And like I said on this podcast, Liberty should not have been in over SMU. That They weren't the better team. They were the the undefeated team and SMU had losses. Um, but, you know, the committee just wasn't consistent at all. They put an SMU team that didn't have any opt-outs or anything and they got blasted by Oregon because they were never good. But they were undefeated. So the committee seemed to care about it then, even though SMU would have clearly been a big favorite over Liberty. But somehow that didn't matter, but it mattered with FSU and Bama. You know, whatever. The whole thing was stupid. So, no, the committee got nothing right. I mean, I agree that they were definitely behind the eight ball. It was a tough one. Um, but I do think they definitely got the exclusion of Florida State correct. Um, clearly, the outcomes 
uh, have kind of proven that. And it, it goes beyond just wanting to get. But how, but how can you how can you actually judge a Florida State team that was missing more starters than they had out there? I mean. Yeah, I, I guess fair enough. It just feels like they were. It's just the game was a joke. And the goal of the game of the selection is at the end of the day, it's an entertainment product, and I can just understand them wanting to put out the best product that they have. And clearly, Florida State was just not going to be a part of that. Um, so I get it. Um, I wish Georgia had a chance. Did you see that Georgia? Uh, would be favored if they were playing Michigan by two points. Yeah, Georgia was one of the best four teams. Of course they'd be favored. And they'd be like six-point favorites over Washington. Yeah, the only thing they got wrong, I guess, in terms of best teams was including Alabama over Georgia. But after that last loss, they just they couldn't do that, even though you're talking about two one-win teams. No, the, I, I agree. They, they couldn't do this, but they also couldn't leave Florida State out and they did. That's that's kind of my thing. Like, yes, I know Florida State people are going to say, well, t- Texas and Bama, the two teams that you put in over us, both lost and you put them in over us because they were so good. Um, but, you know, and look, they, they had their blemishes and, and I think that, you know, you look at like the SEC after all this, which the real reason why Florida State got left out was to put Bama, like, they would have gotten in over Texas, in my opinion, if Georgia had beaten Bama. I think they would have put Florida State in over Texas. But they needed to put Texas in because Texas, like, I don't know. I don't think they felt like they needed to put the Big 12 in when the Big 12 wasn't all that great at a conference other than Texas beating Bama. And I think they just needed a Bama or Georgia in to, like, legitimize the whole thing. Texas losing doesn't really matter. I think the Bama losing doesn't really matter. Uh, you just so it sounds like you do kind of think they got it right with everything that they had in front of them. They did as well as no, they could. I think that they didn't need to put Bama and Georgia in because they didn't need to put the SEC in because the SEC didn't do anything out of conference worth a damn this year. So why give them this superiority comp? Like why give them the superiority nod that they didn't deserve? What happened outside of when they played each other? Did the conference do? They did nothing. Even in bowl season, it's been kind of whatever. So. But that's obviously after the fact, and a lot of this bowl season is kind of nonsense now. But they did nothing at a conference to show that they were superior. And if all you looked at was a blind resume of each team, who they played, who their opponents played, yada, 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 like Texas's big win that took them from number eight to number three, or from seven to three, was a win over Oklahoma State that lost multiple games by 40, that lost to South Alabama at home at a conference, like there's no, nothing happened that week that should move Texas up four spots and Florida State down a spot after they beat uh, number 14 Louisville by 10. It was all just nonsense stuff trying to get Bama in and ultimately Bama lost. So the SEC continued to not do anything out of conference. <laughs> uh, except for beat a a beat up Florida State team by 60, but I get, no, the I get your point. The stuff is nonsense. Um, all right. I think we can move on to the second uh, spin of the wheel. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk hoops. Um, oh, no. I, I, well, we, we do okay, have... Good. All, all the options are hoops. I, I, I let go that the fact that we might actually do my real name. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. Let's give it a spin and see what we're talking hoops about. Um, all righty. We've got how many NBA teams are truly within the contender bubble? Uh, we started to talk about this a little bit before the show. 
Um, and you seem to be very optimistic on a lot of teams. Uh, I, I kind of start feel a little bit more that if they haven't proven it yet, they've got to be really, really impressive in the regular season for me to start trusting them. But you kind of feel opposite. So let's see. How many teams would you say have a real chance at winning the championship this year? All right. I'm looking at the standings now. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to start with the West. I mean, Minnesota is number one in the West. You have to say that they have a chance. Oklahoma City, I don't see. I mean, they're second in the West. I don't see why they don't have a chance. They have a star guard. They have good bigs. They have nice wings. Especially since they, they'll, they've got a move to make. They, they've, got, they've certainly got assets. Okay, Denver obviously has a chance. So there's three in the West. The Clippers, I don't see why they can't win at all. Okay, that's four. I, I think it's I, I think including the Timberwolves as an actual contender is very, very wishful thinking. I'm just saying, like, if you told me at the end of the year that the Timberwolves won it all, I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't say like there's just no way. There's just no way, like send myself to an insane asylum, like if you know Utah won it all. I will give I will offer an extra 40 points on anything that you could find a book offering on it's Okay, we'll have We'll have that conversation off air. <laughs> um, okay. So then Sacramento, like, I'd be pretty surprised if they won it. But it's not 0%. It's, it's, like, it's like legitimately on the table, I would say. Maybe they could make a move. New Orleans, eh. Dallas, eh. <coughs> I mean, I'm saying eh. They have Luka and Kyrie, but I'm saying eh. So Phoenix is really the only other team. The Lakers? Which makes six. But then you can have a conversation about the Lakers. I mean, they're below 500. Yeah. And they're almost, they're almost certainly going to have to go through the play-in and they're old and whatever. But they kind of did the same exact thing last year. They just won the, la- the last, you know, competitive playoff thing that they were involved in. Like, I guess my one thing with the Lakers is every time we see them with their backs against the wall or in, like, truly meaningful games, they've been really good for the last two years. So, you know, if you told me the Lakers won, I'd be shocked. But I don't know if I would – again, I wouldn't be in insane asylum. So that's – what is that, like seven teams in the West? Yeah, I, I definitely believe the Lakers have a real chance. I even think Golden State has an outside chance if they make the right, the right uh, like, midseason trade. Okay. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop it at seven. If, if, you told me, if you told me Golden State won it all, I'd be a little bit insane asylum. <sighs> like, you know, I, I, I'd be I'd – be, questioning everything would you really i mean we've seen this we've seen this recipe before if they make one we've never seen them do it being 16 and 17 i know but we've seen this team do things we did not necessarily expect. i'm just saying if i, if I told surprised. you that curry averaged 34 8 no, I'd be surprised. 8 for I'd be, a playoff I'd, run no i'd be really surprised i would they're below 500 they're older they don't have like that many good players to be honest and the times that they've won it they were really good in those regular seasons. Well, two of them, they had KD. The first one, they won 67 games. And then two of the three good Cavs players got hurt. And then, and they also had Iguodala and, and Livingston on that early team. Like, they were so deep. And then, this, you know, the, the last iteration, uh, they were really good in the regular season. And, and Jordan Poole was super effective for them. I just don't know if they have that punch. But anyway, let's go to the East. Okay, so we did seven in the West. Boston, certainly. I mean, they're 26 and seven. 16 and 0 at home. Milwaukee, you have to put as a you know contender. Philly, I actually don't believe in. Mostly because 
Embiid's been so freaking phenomenal. And I question if, I've always questioned if his game would translate into the playoffs with, with teams sort of game planning him a little bit more. I don't think they have the perfect cast around him. And also just like his, gen, like when Giannis won it all, when LeBron wins it all, they're playing like 47 minutes and they're playing on both ends super hard. Like, I don't know if he has the, the body for that, the conditioning for that. You know, every time we see him in the playoffs, he plays like 33 minutes and it looks like a regular season game where he's not getting the same amount of calls. But it's hard for me to say that if Philly won it all, I, I would, you know, like think the apocalypse is near. So I'm going to add them. You know I'm adding the Heat in the four spot. I think this is a better team than last year. I don't know if they're going to get the same, like we'll have to see. I don't know if they'll get the same Jimmy Butler that they've gotten in the last few postseasons. But if they do, just because, I mean, it's so hard to replicate that. And I thought he really fell off uh, and got tired at the end of last year. But if he brings what he brought in 2020, 2022, or 2023 with this team, with Hawkes and Duncan and all, and Hero, like all these guys playing so well and they stay healthy and they've been like the least healthy team in the league and they're 20 and 14. Um, beat the Lakers last night with eight active players and it was just the Dame trade package, which I thought was funny. Um, then I think like, yeah, I would not be surprised if, they, if, you know, they won the East for the third time in five years. Indiana, oof, I don't know. They just beat Milwaukee. Like, I guess I wouldn't be shocked, shocked. They've beaten Milwaukee four times this year. Orlando, I'd be shocked. Yeah. Cleveland, I'd honestly be pretty shocked. I think they're going to, like, trade Mitchell or something. The Knicks, I'd be shocked in their current form. I think you're just saying that to get me upset. Uh, I'm not. This Knicks team, you could sit, you you give me a long pause when you're talking Indiana. Like Indiana can actually do it, letting up 130 points a game. And this Knicks team with a proven championship coach in Tibbs can't do it. This is, he's a defensive coach. We've got the right pieces. Wait, 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 wait. What what championship did Tibbs win? Am I forgetting one? 2008 Celtics. Didn't, wasn't Doc Rivers the coach? Yeah, he was the defensive coordinator. Are you serious right now? <laughs> I thought I could sneak that one by. <laughs> okay. So, but that that's that's honestly, it's like saying like last year, they were only three games away from beating the Heat and then maybe they could have beaten the Celtics and then maybe they could have beaten the Nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, my honest take on the Knicks is that like I think Randall's not in a great position for, to be like a playoff performer uh, as a number two. And I don't think they have enough scoring. And without Mitchell Robinson, they're not dominant enough defensively. Like, like what do they have that really scares you other than they can? Yeah, if, I, if I'm being honest, I don't disagree with any of that. I don't think that Boston, as the one seed, would want to play them. But I don't think they could sustain like a winning four or five, like however many you have to win uh, playoff best of sevens with just that lack of punch that they have. Um, okay, so, I mean, I don't know. I just end up naming almost half the league, though. It's like 13 teams. <laughs> um, 12 teams, I think I ended up naming. So, I think a lot. How, how many are you cutting from the list? Um, I would cut from the list. Give me a sec, a sec. I'm pulling it back up. I would say coming out of the East. Well, it sounds like you'd cut Minnesota. I would definitely cut Minnesota. 
Okay. I would cut the Thunder unless they make a move at the trade deadline. I honestly only think the teams that have a good chance in the West are the Nuggets, Clippers, Kings, and Lakers. Wow. Still the light. So the Lakers have a better chance than Minnesota. I've just seen this old. I mean, especially if they play each other. Yeah. I, I, I'm not scared at all of LeBron going against that team. Okay. You have a young Anthony Edwards who's averaging less points a, ga- a game than Jalen Brunson. You have Rudy Gobert who gets picked apart in the playoffs every year. And Carl Anthony Towns who pl- has fouled out of more playoff games than he's finished. Don't quote me on that. No idea if it's true. <laughs> well, they're 14-2 and two at home. And if they get to play at home, I, I just think the Lakers would have to go through another second half of the season where they're trying every night. They play an extra game with the in-season tournament where, and they were, they were in full gas mode there. And then you're asking them to, to go full gas at the end of the year, stay healthy, win, win their playing games, um, go full gas on those, and then play like a young rested Minnesota team on the road where they're 6-13 and 13 currently just to get out of the first round. It's just, I, you know, it's... Yeah, I, I, it, that doesn't scare me. I mean, I, listen, I don't know because of their age if they have enough gas to get out of the West even, but I just think there's a better chance of them getting out. If you give me a first-round matchup of Lakers versus Minnesota, I absolutely love taking the Lakers. Uh, I, I think that every now and then you see the changing of the guard and you see like the young team that's been like banging against the wall, banging against the wall and finally gets to knock it down. I think if you're looking at this year's NBA season, that might be the Clippers finally getting over the wall with this uh, Paul George and Kawhi group. I wouldn't call them young. Agreed. I think that's this Kings team that people think are just good, fun story, showing that they're actually a real contender. I think that's this Thunder team making a move, adding one last piece, and really being a championship contender. That's not this Timberwolves team. I'm not scared of Carl Anthony Towns and, and Gobert up front. I'm just not. Carl Anthony Towns is not a killer. Ant is great, but I just don't see uh, I don't see them having enough. So, uh, um, Okay, so we're taking Minnesota out. Who else are we taking out? We take Minnesota out. I th- Those are my four teams in the West and in the East. I really do think it's going to be Boston or Milwaukee, um, as impressive as Joel Embiid has been. Um, we've seen him crumble in the playoffs time and time again. I don't in give fairness, the Heat a real I chance. He I don't think he crumbles. I think it's it's not suited to his game and to his body. I honestly fully agree. I think it's a better. That's a better way to say it. He doesn't really crumble. It just and it's so unfortunate. He gets these weird. He goes through beginning of his career. We were so worried about his feet staying healthy, and then every time we get the playoffs, the last two three years, he gets these weird injuries that are completely bad luck. Like. Two minutes left in the fourth quarter, he gets he breaks his like orbitable orbital bone in his face. He seems to have a dark cloud over him in the playoffs that just is a little unfair. But I don't know. I think that a lot of guys get hurt, and it's just like more no like like he could still see. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I I just I think he had to miss two games from that, and then he had to put on the mask and. Um, I know. It's just like, you know, if if that happened to Giannis or LeBron, like, we just wouldn't know. Like, yeah, may, I mean, maybe you'd have to miss the games, but they were losing that series regardless. Like, he, he did not play well. And his playoff averages are scary lower than his regular season averages. Yeah. Just like, honestly, it's like a Harden thing. 
where Harden gets to the line so much, and Harden probably chokes a little bit more, but uh, Harden gets to the line so much, the playoffs are just like, and he's and he's like a less in shape kind of guy. You know, he's a bigger guard. Where I think that the the elevating of play of energy needed of you know a, t- a tougher whistle is just not suited to their games. But we'll see. I'm happy to be wrong. Yeah. Um, all right. Well. Anyway, should we go to grinds my gears? Let's go. What's got you worked up this week? You know what really grinds my gears? So there are a few things that could bring up, and maybe maybe what grinds my gears is just a lot of the hoopla we see on Twitter. But a guy that I used to have a good relationship with, I don't know if I don't anymore. He he like follows and unfollows me like every couple months. Bo Wagner on Twitter, who I have to say I've grown a lot more negative on than when he first joined Twitter just because of the way he kind of conducts himself. Uh, I thought the most interesting thing I saw on Twitter today was he posted, and it's actually his pinned tweet right now, a screenshot of, and he, he the best thing he's known for is uh, having large bets. And so he posted $2,000 to win $10,000. Malik Monk to score 20 plus points at plus 500. The problem is on FanDuel, if you bet $2,000 at plus 500, the dollar amount won on FanDuel is $12,000, not $10,000. So this ticket is photoshopped in some sort of way. I think he actually is betting these. I remember seeing DraftKings post like, oh, Bo knows and whatever. And I think he's smart enough to actually bet them to show them. I don't think that they're photoshopped. But I do think that he photoshopped the fact that this was a free bet. He photoshopped that out. And I think the reason he did that was to hide the fact that he likely, that he got a $2,000 free bet on FanDuel, which tends to be a bad sign if you are a gambler. Um, it likely means you're not doing great on the book. I, I'm not saying it's a 100% correlation. So I think he was a little embarrassed at that. I also think that he probably went to his Discord and said to bet this at plus 500, hopefully if he's sharing it, um, that he had posted it with his subscribers. But I think that he told them to bet it, but didn't mention that he was betting it with a free bet. So he was probably a little bit embarrassed to show that. So he Photoshopped that part out. Or maybe he just thought it was cleaner. I don't I don't know. I thought this ticket was funny. Do you think there's a chance that th- this wasn't a free bet that and that fake? he photoshopped the whole ticket? There's definitely a chance. There's definitely a chance. I have no – I don't see him on picket. Uh, I don't – or whatever. I, I don't know for a fact that he is betting these. Um, I do think that even if he is a – slightly losing better or even a big losing better but he's betting you know a hundred thousand dollars let's say a month or that's actually not that much uh whatever let's say he's betting two thousand dollars on five plays a day um that the vig there is just not that high where to to combat what he can make in subscribers from showing these tickets so it would be just such a small cost to his business i think it's a pretty popular discord not in terms of um you know people staying i, I know that they they lose a lot of people um you know they don't have a six percent churn rate i'll tell you that but uh, but i do know it's a popular discord they bring a lot of money in him and marcus who seems like honestly marcus seems like a pretty decent guy i, I just would be surprised if he was actually faking it but i know a lot of people think he is maybe they're rooting for him too because of 
how much of kind of a jerk he's been on Twitter. He was telling people like, I am a good better because ESPN and Washington Post reached out to me. Well, I could t- I could tell you for a fact that the <laughs> the Washington Post reached out to me, and I told them I didn't, you know, whatever I wasn't going to do their story with them, but they should look into the to whatever I sent them to Bo. I don't remember what the exact story was for, but it was something that he had experienced. Maybe it was related to the Draymond thing. Um, I, I, again, I don't exactly remember, but I do remember I sent them to him. <laughs> so that part's kind of funny. Like, I don't know. It's, I think just the, the way he carries himself on Twitter, um, pisses a lot of people off, which he's happy with. So I don't think I'm saying anything that he would disagree with. Um, but I think a lot of people are rooting for it to be fake. I'm curious what he says. It's kind of just like a, a juicy thing. It's kind of funny. So I don't know. I don't think it's fake. I think he does bet these. He does seem to have like a real business outside of this. This is a big business for him, uh, Twitter stuff, so or his Discord. So I just don't think he would risk it. I don't think he's dumb enough to risk it. I think he actually bets these. I think he was embarrassed of the free bet, so he photoshopped that out. It's still kind of – it's not a good look, right? Yeah, it's a bit of a slippery slope, and it just makes uh, – in a business where you want to be able to trust people, photoshopping anything out just makes – it calls into question all the other things that you're posting. Exactly, especially because he puffs his chest and he's like, your capper won't show tickets. Your capper won't put – you know, even if they are, they're putting 100 bucks on it. Like, I put my money where my mouth is, blah, blah, blah. Like, he says all that, and then it's like, oh, well, you just – you did a free bet. <laughs> Or like, it almost looks like FanDuel, like if he's a winning better, let's say he is. I, I really can't speak to whether he is or not. Obviously, I have my doubts, but I don't know. If he's a winning better on FanDuel and they're still giving him $2,000 free bets, it does kind of have the look of they want him to bring them business and they want the people who tail him to be playing on FanDuel and, and they want his plays to be posted on FanDuel. Like It's kind of like a thing where it's like, if, if he's getting that free bet and not announcing it, it kind of has that, that weird undertone of, well, why is that? Why was he embarrassed of it? Why was FanDuel giving him that if he's a winning better? Like, you know, it brings in a question a lot of that kind of stuff. But again, I don't, I don't want to over-speculate because I don't know. And, you know, again, maybe it's just like a, I had a free bet. I photoshopped it out because... It made the ticket look cleaner. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, there could be any reason. Yeah, no. Um, I'm with you. I'm excited to see how this plays out. I hope he responds in some way when you sh- sent me this. I mean, it's his pin tweet. There's no way he doesn't. We'll see. I mean, there's been a lot of comments about it, and we haven't seen any reply yet. I know. If you look at all the replies to it, it's it's everyone's just, like, is calling it out. So, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure he'll say something. Yeah, maybe it's a, he tries to delete and see if it just gets swept up. I, in. Doubt, I doubt he tries to delete. It's been 12 hours. Excited to see how that one plays out. And uh, I think that uh, that just about does it for this episode. No, of the no, TPG no. We got podcast. best beat, worst beat. Oh, you are correct. Let's hear it. All right. Man, trying to cut out before best beat, worst beat. <laughs> that might be the worst beat. Um, so the worst beat, honestly... Yeah, nothing that bad. Nothing nothing bad enough to complain. I mean, people are always like, you know, there's always stuff that, that gets annoying. Um, and uh, we did have one yesterday that was, we had a plus 504, but it was 
you know, 50% boosted. So it was like plus 760 or something. And or plus 706, I guess. Uh, I mean, not 706, like 756. Um, yeah, 756. <laughs> uh, so we had a plus 756 and it was a SGPX. The SGP clearly hit. And then we had the X leg, like the third leg, was under 20 and a half points for Fred Van Vliet at minus 160. Now, okay, that could, so the SGP easily hit the plus 272 part. Now, the minus 160, it's far from a lock. You know, only wins 60% of the time or so. But <laughs> I guess it was a bad beat. One, because it, it, we lost on the hook. Van Vliet ended up at 21 points. But I think the worst part for me was this was his stat line. Seven of nine. The guy took nine shots and only two free throws. How did he get 21 points? He made one point from free throws and he took nine shots. Well, he made seven of those shots and was six of eight from three to get to exactly 21 points. Excuse me. And the three was late. So that was the worst beat. It's, it happens, right? Like, you know, I'd be just as annoyed if he went seven of 30 and we said, oh, man, this guy couldn't hit a shot all game. You know, how did he go way over his point total? This one always hurts a little bit more because how many iterations of him taking nine shots and two free throws does he end up hitting his alt over? Uh, so that was the worst beat. Nothing too bad, but a 756 hit would have been nice. The best beat, everyone knows what this one's going to be. Maybe Nick doesn't was the so we had two college football parlays for the playoff. FanDuel gave us a 30% parlay boost. DraftKings gave us a 50% parlay boost. So I had one parlay, let me pull it up, that had, oh man, I'm scrolling longer than I thought. Okay, so one parlay had over 20 and a half first half points in the Michigan-Bama game, under 14.5 points in Liberty, Oregon, and under 7.5 points for um, Iowa, Tennessee. And that paid, after the boost, plus 668. Then the FanDuel parlay, whatever, I can't find it. It had multiple legs, and then, sorry, it had LSU money line. I got it. LSU money line, under 23.5. So remember, we had over 20.5 on DraftKings, under 23 and a half on FanDuel, and then uh, in, in all to over in the Texas-Washington game, so it was 440 pre-boost, so uh, post-boost is going to be plus 572. So we had already hit the LSU money line leg and then the two DraftKings legs. So we really were rooting for over 20 and a half because that was going to cash one automatically. FanDuel, you'd like to hit the under, but... You didn't know if the alt over, it was plus 128, was going to hit in the Washington-Texas game. It's 7-7, and Michigan scores a touchdown with about three and a half minutes to go. 20 points. We're rooting for them to kick the extra point, to make the extra point, and 21, you automatically hit DraftKings. And if there's no other scores in the first half, then you've hit the middle with FanDuel because we need anything between 21 and 23. Botch snap, which we saw 100 times in the playoffs, by the way. Botch snap, 13 to 7, we're at 20. This is going to be a horrible beat because you just, your mind immediately goes to the over is not going to hit in the first half. Yes, we'll hit the fan duel, but 
Washington, Texas might not hit, and we're going to lose both. Alabama drives down the field. At some point, it becomes obvious that there's not going to be time for another drive, so it all comes down to Bama scoring. You hope and pray they get any sort of points so the DraftKings hit, but you but now you're all of a sudden thinking if they hit a field goal, they end up at 23, and we middle it. And both DraftKings hits, FanDuel stays alive. Sure enough, they drive down, blindside sack. I thought he was on third down. I thought he was going to fumble it. Didn't. Moves the 44-yard kick or 43-yard kick to 51. So now I'm freaking out because 51-yard kick, college kicker. I know Will Reichert's really good, but still. Uh, 43, you felt really good about. 51, you don't. As time expires, Bama kicker drills it. Washington, Texas ends up going over. We hit both DraftKings and FanDuel parlays. So the odds of us hitting all four legs outside of these two, and then to middle a 20 and a half and a 23 and a half, not, not a very large window, thanks to a missed extra point, was one hell of a beat. And it made for a really fun Saturday. I love I love a good, good beat. It's nice that they seem to stick around in the mind a little longer than the bad beats. Well, I try and make them do. I think most people think about the bad beats more. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say that they stick around a little longer for you. Uh, I tend to remember the bad beats a little bit better myself. <laughs> I'm an optimistic guy. I, you know, if you're not, if you're not celebrating the wins, then you're doing something wrong. Um, you know, more than you're, you're getting crushed about the losses, then you're doing something wrong. But anyway, the last thing I wanted to say was to look out, I'm posting an article on Pickett with our year-end results. I'll dive into it next week. Um, but we ended the year up almost $8,000 on Twitter. So really good year. Uh, last year was about 10000 for example. So I would say to all the EV dead people, like, you know, $8,000 plus we did well with Dinger Tuesday, another thousand, the DraftKings step ups, another couple thousand, like, you know, just just off of the widely available DraftKings FanDuel and Caesars is only $1,000 of it. Uh, just the widely available DraftKings FanDuel, let's say your $10 max and your $50 Dinger Tuesday limited, like all the lowest things that you can have, you're still banking in like, I think the number was like 11 or 12, like 11 and a half thousand. Something like that after the step ups and the and the uh, Dinger Tuesday, which I assumed everyone was limited on. So you know, all that stuff's really positive about 2023. Uh, that doesn't mean that Dinger Tuesday wasn't a full go a year ago, and and that uh, it wasn't ten thousand. You know, it wasn't two thousand dollars more, like whatever, a little bit higher last year. So I think that that's you know, it's a it's an optimistic vision of of what can be sustainable and. One thing I really liked about it, and I'll, I'll dive into how FanDuel boosted in that article. I dive into each month and all that stuff. Um, it was really a low variance year. So January was down like $250, I think, $258, I think it was. And then, yeah. And then after that, we didn't really have any negative month. Um, we didn't have like, like last year, we had some crazy positive months that we didn't have. But every month was up. It was up 200, up 1,000, up 700, up 800. Like just a really low variance year. I don't remember any truly awful stretches. So um, that was nice. Check out the article and we'll dive into it next year, uh, next week when I, when I have it all done. All right. Tomorrow that in 2024 and looking forward to seeing. It's fun to see all that green and I think just reinforces to people that – this 
that your Discord is worth a follow and that this is good passive income. I guess not passive, but this is good uh, extra income for those that are really following along. Yeah, man. All right. Um, thanks, Nick. Thanks, Corby. See you guys. See you, buddy.